0: What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome back to Arrowhead Live. This is episode 27. I'm Grant, joined by my co-hosts Ori and Austin. And we are back after a long wait. Uh, We've been off for about a month now. Uh, We added a new guy to the team, as mentioned, back in December. Um, Keaton Henry, um, formerly of Chiefs Blitz and a few other sites. uh, He will be setting up our website, which should be launching soon. Uh, so we've been pumping a lot of resources and energy into that deal, um, but the podcast is back for the foreseeable future here. Um, let's just get started really quick into a few things. Uh, first off, we have the Belly Up um, Sports uh, website promo. Uh, they have like three chief shirts. They're pretty cool, uh, fairly priced, and if you use code Arrowhead at checkout, you will get twenty percent off your entire order. Um, the next thing is we have partnered with SeatGeek. Um SeatGeek is a ticket uh, uh second or third party ticket seller. Um so you guys go check that out if you guys need tickets tickets to the divisional game or uh tickets to really any other event. Go check out SeatGeek. They're fairly priced. Um they're not one of those sites where they say they have no fees. Uh SeatGeek does have fees, but their tickets are priced well below pretty much everybody else. And if you use our code at or if you use our code Arrowhead Live at checkout, you'll get twenty dollars off uh, your total uh, order as well. Um, and then also, I actually just went on and bought tickets myself from SeatGeek today uh, for the divisional game. And we will be hosting a tailgate party at Arrowhead next Sunday, and uh, we're going to be giving away free food, free drinks, and really just hanging out, talking Chiefs, you know, bullshitting around. So. You guys will will drop uh, what lot we're gonna be in. We aren't entirely sure what lot we're gonna be in yet, uh, but definitely you guys come check that out. Uh, let's move on right now to the mailbag. We guys uh, we haven't done a mailbag here in a while, uh, but we did get one. We got a few questions here. Uh, so first off, from Brutal R, um, he said draft thoughts on Troy Dye and Antonio Gandy Golden. Uh, I know we kind of discussed this with you guys. We haven't really jumped into. Um, evaluating a ton of prospects yet uh most of the bigger guys Troy Dye he's a pretty pretty big prospect uh out of Oregon linebacker um Antonio Yandy Golden he is a smaller school uh wide receiver out of Liberty uh he's 6'4 220 pounds and he's a real big dude and uh he's got some pretty good production there at uh at Liberty I believe he had like 1400 yards this year and 10 touchdowns Last year he had like 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns as well. So, really, really good production from uh, from Gandy Golden. It'll be interesting to see what his uh, measurables are at the combine. Uh, you know, he could could be one of those guys where he runs like a four high four five, you know, low four six, something like that. Uh, it'll really be interesting to see Troy Die. He's really he's an athletic freak. Um, he's a little undersized. He'll probably be a will linebacker in our in our system. Uh, that would probably be his best fit here in the four three and in, in Spagnola's defense. Um, the next question from Connor. How will Spags use Dorian O'Daniel with Thornhill out? Um this is kind of an interesting question. Um, because obviously Thornhill played safety, Dorian O'Daniel plays linebacker. Um uh, but the fact of the matter is, Tyron Matthew spent a lot of time in the box this year. With Juan Thornhill out, who is playing typically playing deep safety, um Tyron Matthew will probably be you know, back at safety, um, deep quite a bit more than he was, you know, during the regular season. Um, what do you guys think about the way that Spags can potentially use Dorian Daniel uh, moving forward here in the playoffs? Um, and do you think that they'll use him as a coverage linebacker?
1: I think that they will, I think they'll use him as a coverage linebacker. Um, and I, but I think that they'll, they'll, like you said, they'll be able to uh, have Tyron Matthew go back in place of Thornhill uh, to kind of patrol the you know the the deep, deeper areas of the field. But um, bringing him in, uh, it, you know, he hasn't really got a bunch much playing time, but he's shown uh, little sparks of um, you know fire on defense a few times when he, he you can see him on um, you know kickoff returns sometimes he does pretty well with that. So I'm really I'm really uh, uh, advocating that he'll you know be able to step up and you know play the box like. Uh, Thor- or sorry, like tire Matthews Matthew's been able to. Uh, someone else that I think that they'll use in place of even Dorian O'Daniel Daniel uh, will be Armani Watts. I-, I think that he'll play a way bigger role in our in our defense. Um, I think that it's honestly possible that he would get in over over o- Daniel. Um, you know, as as it sits right now. But uh, we'll kind of have to see how they both how it all plays out and what Spaggs wants to do to. Uh, you know, replace Thornhill, which is which is going to be pretty hard to do since he's been playing really well this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, you never want a key player on the defensive side to go down, um, but it especially hurts going into the playoffs. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel only has five defensive snaps all year, and those all came um, in our Week 17 win. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he comes out of the gate because I know, you know, it's a, it's a way different. Uh, type of game when you're coming just off the bench for special teams and whereas when you're getting uh, steady snaps on the defensive side. So, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how he plays, um, how much they mix and match him and Armani Watts. Uh, but, you know, Spags will make the best of it, and hopefully Thornhill will come back next season, you know, firing on all cind- cylinders again.
0: Yeah, and that kind of segues right into the question from Imlo 68 uh, He particularly mentioned, you know, Sorensen and Fuller. Uh, Fuller has a little bit of versatility um, you know he can go back and he can play free safety um, but I think I think they'll leave him in the nickel uh, most of the time and then you know Fenton will probably get in and in at nickel as well um, depending on what what how the the free safety is performing and you know hopefully Fuller if if he can play all over the field really outside corner nickel corner free safety um, really whatever we need so uh, that's that's definitely gonna be nice to have and then Sorensen, uh, he's one of those guys, he can, he might be able, I don't trust Sorensen that much in coverage, um, but he's one of those guys that can kind of replace what Tyron Matthew was doing in this in this uh, defense during the regular season. Um, Sorensen can play in the box. Uh, he can cover tight ends. He can cover, cover running backs. I'm not saying we want him to do that, um, but if, if there's a guy on the defense that's going to be able to do that, um, you know, with, you know, average skills at all of those all of those roles uh Sorenson's probably going to be that guy
1: yeah and i think that the, the Sorensen is kind of one of those guys where you know he'll randomly he'll make some you know some really good play and you will be like oh you know everybody get excited but then it's also it's like with the minute he messes up everybody's like oh why is Sorensen on the field again um it you know kind of goes back and forth uh he is versatile uh and uh, along with Fuller. So we'll, they'll definitely see some time it, the Thornhill injury really sucks because uh, we were just being able to get um, Matthew to be able to pretty much be wherever he wants out on the, on the field. He can still do that, but now you, now we have to worry about, uh, you know, the backfield getting, uh, you know, get, getting burnt, but uh, so we'll have to keep him back there a little bit more than we'd like to, but uh, I think it'll be all right. I think everybody will need to step up and it'll, it'll work out for us. I believe
2: yeah i mean it shouldn't handicap the defense uh too much but i mean we're definitely gonna feel it and i think it's gonna amplify you know just how much Thornhill hill really did ha- have an effect on how good the defense was this year um you know in all the fans eyes and especially in the, his players eyes his uh, teammates i think they'll they'll notice how much he was picking up slack on the defensive end so hopefully like i said earlier he comes back next year Still firing on all cylinders. I think you know he can easily make a Pro Bowl coming up soon next year if he if he heals, uh, you know, all the way back up.
0: Yeah, and the thing about Thornhill, I think the thing that we're gonna miss the most. Um, I mean, Thornhill did have his issues during the season with tackling in the open field and whatnot, but I think the thing that we're gonna miss the most with Thornhill is his sideline to sideline range um, yeah. back there playing free safety. Um, yeah. You know, we don't really have a guy to replace that skill set. Tyron Matthew. He can do it, um, but, you know, we need Tyron Matthew to be that versatile guy, play all over the field. And so I don't really think he's going to be back there as the full-time free safety. Um, you know, Armani Watts, he, he has I, – I like Armani Watts. I think he's flashed quite a bit um, last year before he got injured, and then he's shown a little bit this year as well whenever he has played. Um, but he just doesn't have that sideline-to-sideline side speed um, and ability that want Thornhill had. So, you know, we're going to miss that um, for sure here in the playoffs. Um, but you know, against a team like the Patriots, uh, depends possible that we get matched up. But just for example, a team against the Patri- like the Patriots, Julian Edelman is constantly in the open field, making catches in the open field. Armani Watts is a guy that can come up and make that tackle in the open field. Uh, whereas a guy like Thornhill at times, struggle making tackles in the open field. So, um, you know, there is a little bit of a trade-off there. So it'll be nice to see what Armani Watts can do for sure. You know, v- one of Vicious 2018 picks that everybody hated. So um, we'll see how that goes. Moving on to the next question from 2020, uh, Blaker 2020 Best and worst playoff, huh? Blaker. Oh, Blaker. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't see. I my lights off here. Uh, <laughs> Blaker2020, best and worst playoff matchups. For the Chiefs. Um, We'll get into this a little bit more uh, whenever we get to the playoff outlook segment. uh, But just kind of to preface it a little bit, honestly, I would love to face the Patriots. Um, I don't know how realistic that's going to be. I know there's going to be some pretty bad conditions up there in New England um, this week for the game. And they have Tropical Storm or Winter Storm Henry or something like that coming through. um, And it just so happens that they're playing the Titans who have Derrick Henry. Um, and if it's snowing, like they expect it to, the run game is going to be as important as ever. And Derrick Henry can go out there. That dude might run for 250 yards. I don't know. Um, yeah. so
1: if, so. if the, huh, I hope it goes off.
0: Yeah, that'd be, that'd be nice. I mean, at the same time, I'd love to kick the Patriots' ass here in Arrowhead uh, as redemption for last year. Uh, but I would love to see the Patriots lose to the Titans in the wild card round as well. Um, both would be would make me feel really good. Um, so yeah, Patriots. If they lose, then we'll probably be facing the, either the Titans or the Te- or obviously be facing the Texans or the Bills. Um, so we'll just have to see. I think the likeliest matchup is the Patriots, though.
1: I would. I agree. I would. You know, I think we can beat the Patriots. We we already proven that we can. Um, if if that if that happens, I'd really love to be able to go to the game, but I probably won't be able to. But it just, I I just really want them to lose an Arrowhead. They, I, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from last year, uh, for the championship game. Uh, I just, I, I'm so tired of hearing Patriots, hearing Patriots fans. I want their the reign to come to an end. I think it'll be this year. I don't see them being able to come out of the AFC and Go to the the you know Super Bowl. With that being said, they always find a way. They always, whether it be <laughs> whether it be a legal way or not, they always find a way to sl- slip by. But uh, man, I'd really love to see them lose. I I really love to play them and you know just beat them down. But I think the hardest going into in the playoffs, I think that our toughest matchup. I think you know I think the bet the best team besides us and you know it is what it is for who he thinks the better team is, is the ravens. I think the ravens are going to be real tough to, tough to beat. Um I know that I know that they're a, di- a different team than we are when we played them and I know that we are also a different team. Uh, but but they're really they're really firing on all cylinders. Um Lamar could give any any team headaches. He could definitely give us headaches and it worries me a little bit with um it worries me a little bit with Lauren Hill getting hurt so Tyron has to be back a little bit and not be able to come up and smack Lamar around if he needs to. But um, I, I think that, honestly, we can beat any team that we come across if we play play our game. Uh, but I, I think the Ravens are going to be the toughest matchup for any, for any team in the AFC, honestly.
2: Yeah, I agree, Ori. I think that any team that we're going to go up against, I think we have a, a very high chance of being able to beat them. Um, but I would definitely love to just absolutely crush the Patriots at home in um, Arrowhead, get them back for last year, just like Grant said. Uh, I, I we probably have a higher chance of playing. The, uh, we probably have a higher chance of playing the Texans, um, in my opinion. But you know, any team, any team that we play in the divisional, I feel like we're probably going to give them a lot of trouble. Um, now, whether or not we can do that to the Ravens is another question. But I think that you know. Whoever we play divisional round is definitely going to come into Arrowhead and be leaving um, after getting crushed. So I'm excited for the divisional round. I'm excited for the whole playoffs, honestly.
0: Yes, and right. I will be there. So if it's the Patriots, I can't wait to watch them get beat down. Um, and Jay Lyons asked, has Reed been holding the offense back, or the offense and Shady McCoy back for the playoffs? Uh, to be honest, I really do don't know the answer to this question. We, this is another question that we'll get into a little bit more here um, in the playoff outlook. Um, you know, all sees all. You know, since they gave LaShawn McCoy the um, load management rest or whatever they called it, um, yeah. it he kind of just like stopped getting a ton of snaps per game. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if if they you know implement him back into the offense, especially with the way Damian Williams has been playing. Uh, that'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, in terms of Reed holding the offense back, you know, pulling back a little bit. Um, that s- since our defense was playing really well, this is something that I could see as a possibility. Something that Reed was doing, um, you know, kind of keeping most of the playbook, you know, in his back pocket. Um, and unless he absolutely needed it, um, our defense was playing really well. Our offense didn't have to use, go at hundred percent really, um, for the last four week or five weeks of the season. Um, so with everybody back healthy, um, on the offensive side of the ball, with the exception of Wiley, um, I really think that Andy Reed is just going to open up here in the playoffs and do some things that, you know, we really haven't seen all year long.
1: I think that, yeah, and I agree with that. I think, I don't know if I would say that he's been holding the offense back, um, but he's, de- I mean, I, he's definitely, um, you know, he's definitely got some plays that he's got designed that he's going to use specifically against uh, whichever team we go up against. I know that he, that he plans that way. Um, I don't think that he's necessarily been, you know, trying to have our, off- our offense hasn't been, you know, in the previous games hasn't been what it, what it was last year. Um, but I, I don't know that we need to because because of our defense stepping up, and I think he also knows that. So, um, like you said, he, he he's probably he's got some tricks up his sleeve for the playoffs. Um, but I think we just need to recognize that our offense doesn't have to do what they did last year uh, because of the defense stepping up. And uh, as far as Shady, um, yeah, I think that I think he'll, he'll actually see quite quite a bit of uh, playing time in the playoffs. I could be wrong, but um, I think that with them getting him. Uh, fresh legs, basically, he'll have for he'll be completely uh, rested for the playoffs. Uh, I think that he'll be a good veteran back that we can we can rely on if he can just hold on to the ball.
2: yeah, i uh, I definitely think that Andy back um, i don't I don't think that our offense would be struggling as much like we struggled the first half against uh, the Chargers last week. We definitely struggled. So I think um you know we'll get into this divisional round and I think our offense will start you know clicking again but I I also um you know just want to put it out there that our fan base has kind of gotten used to the offense being able to just put up as many points as they want and score whenever when this year that hasn't really been the the case necessarily so I think it's very important that, you know, like you guys said, the defense has been able to put us in a place where we don't need to score as much. But I think here in the playoffs, Andy Reid might just come come out and, you know, have the offense scoring way more points than we have at any point this year and go back to, you know, what it was doing last year. So I'm excited. Um, I think Shady, I think they started it out as a load management, but I don't know. Damian Williams has been playing good. Um, if Shady comes out and fumbles again, that might be the last snap he plays for the Chiefs this year. So it just you know, a couple things to watch out for. Um, Shady is someone that Andy Reid likes, but if he fumbles, it's been proven this year he's pretty much gone. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I agree with all that. So we have one more question here from Matrick Pahomes. Um, he asked about the realistic free agent fits um for 2020 um honestly this is another thing that we're going to get into a little bit more but honestly I don't know what the likelihood of Brett Veach going out and signing a big name free agent this offseason is um I'd like to see him go after a cornerback if he is going to spin big on a on a player outside of the team um i'd like to see him go after a guy like byron jones maybe um he's gonna get paid quite a bit of money but i don't think he's gonna be one of those guys that um gets paid like an elite cornerback um as in like the money that darius slayer patrick peterson or jalen ramsey won i don't i don't think he's gonna get anything like that um he's a good zo- zone cover guy uh, i think he'd fit nicely opposite shark Hendrick or Sharvarius ward um, and so with a guy like Rashad Fenton uh, there in the slot who's been playing really well, I think Byron Jones can come in and be our number one corner um, opposite Chavarius Ward, who would be one of the best number two corners in the league. Uh, and I'd I'd like to think that we could probably get a guy like Byron Jones around $14 million a year. Uh, you're gonna have to put some of that money on the back end, backload it a little bit um, to give yourself a little bit of breathing room. Uh, whenever we give Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones an extension here,
1: yeah, and I, I really like. I don't think that we necessarily even need to get any big free agents. Uh, you know, going 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 forward, we were talk we talked a lot of, after Eric Berry left. We were everybody was, you know, so concerned about. Um, you know, so concerned about who we're going to get. We did get – we picked up Matthew. Uh, that, that was a big one for us, and that was probably, probably been the biggest payoff. But also, we've had – we brought in th- – we had Thornhill from the draft. Everybody thought he was going to be bust. Um, I, I really think that we need to re- rely on the draft this year more than, uh, you know, getting a big free agent. I don't think that it's, it's really necessary for us. I think that we have a pretty solid team, uh, you know, going forward. Obviously, we're one of the best teams in the league right now. I don't think we need to do anything too crazy – I don't want to get caught up in any any big contracts that you know don't don't play out. So, um, for for me, in my opinion, I, I think we should you know lay off them for the most part, unless it's a really good deal.
2: I, I guess I'll be the one to say it, but uh, I would love for the Chiefs to re-sign Kareem Hunt. I feel, oh, no. I feel like there is a very low chance that the Browns re-sign him, and. I feel like a lot of the Chiefs kingdom would love to see him back in you know, the red and gold. So we can bring him in on a very cheap deal. I doubt he's going to get signed for much. And we need a running back anyways. So why not is my question.
0: Yes, know. and for those, of the, for those of you listening, um, yes, a source, Nate Taylor, um, did say that a source told him that Kareem Hunt would never play in a Chiefs uniform again back when Kareem Hunt was released. Um, And then a few months later, Brett Veach was in a press conference and, you know, he said when asked about uh, potentially bringing Kareem Hunt back, this is whenever he was a free agent, um, he did say, uh, you know, when a player does something like this and uh, he does everything that the league asks of him and, you know, handles his his situation well, uh, there's always a possibility down the line. Um, so he kind of left the door open there. I mean, you know, he could have just been, you know, keeping everybody happy, uh, doesn't want to upset Kareem Hunt, doesn't want to make him look bad or anything like that, uh, which is definitely a possibility. Um, but you know, in the same breath, he seemed like he was kind of leaving the door open as well. And Kareem Hunt's a restricted free agent. Um, so in order for the chiefs to sign him, they would either need to pay the price, um, in terms of a draft pick. Uh, for at whatever round the Browns tender him at um, but you know with a new staff coming through uh, that wasn't John Dorsey who drafted Kareem Hunt um, it's definitely possible that the new staff comes in um, and opts not to tender Kareem Hunt and he becomes an unrestricted free agent in March so we'll just have to see um, but you know Austin thank you for bringing it up I knew you had to do something stupid.
2: He kn- hey, he knows the offense he worked it- he would be a great pickup, and it would be cheap, and I, he, it would be a redemption. It would be a redemption. We all love a good redemption story.
0: I get it. I get it. Well, I mean, I I do. I do get it, and, you know, every, I think everybody in Kansas City has a soft spot for Kareem Hunt, regardless of what they say. Um, I'm just not sure how realistic it is. Um, anyway, speaking of, you know, the regular season and how um, – trying to get into a little bit more in depth for you guys about what we just discussed in the mailbag there. Um, so the chiefs went 12 and four this year, obviously second year in a row. Um, and they also got a first round bye last year. They were the one seed this year. They're the two seed. Um, so they get a wild card by um, here in the playoffs, second year in a row as well. Um, so, you know, that's a great, that is a, a great thing to see, especially from this Patrick Mahomes Andy Reid duo. We didn't see that um, with Alex Smith uh, doing, you know, putting together back to back 12 and four seasons, putting back together, back to back first round buys. Uh, that's just not something that we were privileged enough to see with Alex Smith. Um, so that's a really nice thing to see. Uh, what did you guys think about how, you know, as you guys know, um, the chiefs went two and four, um, sandwiched between, you know, a four game winning streak and a six game winning streak, uh, and ended up 12 and four. How do you guys feel about the way that uh the Chiefs started the season? Uh, you know, they dealt with the Patrick Mahomes knee injury. They went two and four. Um, and then, you know, they recovered and went six won six games in a row to end the year. Um, what was your what are your takeaways from, you know, that the season as a whole?
1: Well, I think it's just that we got through it. Uh that's what good teams do. They get through uh they do next man up, they do um, you know, whatever happens, they just keep pushing. And, uh, we, th- we started the season off. Um, you know, we didn't look like the same team we were last year, but that's just because we weren't, uh, we brought in a lot of new guys. Everything took, it took a little longer for everybody to gel, especially on defense than what we thought it was. But going in, uh, going into this season, uh, if you had told me 12 and four and we have a good, def- uh, decent defense, I would have taken it all, you know, all day, every day. Uh, our, te- our, I think going into playoffs, our team is better than they were last year. Uh, no matter, you know, the, obviously our offense was clicking a little bit better last year, but we could not rely on our defense at all. Um, and you know, we've had some injuries this year. We still have some injuries on defense that um, we have to play through. But um, I, I think it'll be all right. I think, uh, I, I think we're in a better position to win the World than we were last year, and that's pretty much all you can all you can hope for year in and year out. So. I completely
2: agree. I think that the fan base was expecting the 2018 Chiefs to be playing well, 2018-2019 Chiefs to be playing in the 2019-2020 season, which is just not, you know, not what was going to happen at all. Um, there were some ups and downs. We had Matt Moore at quarterback, like you said, for a couple games. We had Tyreek Hill go out. Um, we had we had a lot of injuries. Frank Clark's been dealing with an injury all season. You know, dropping 10-15 pounds, been in the hospital. Um, so I think it's a huge testament to this team to, to get this bye, to get the 12-4 and four record that we had last year without as much success on the offensive side of the ball. Um, like you said, if, if you would have told me we'd, we'd have a defense at 12-4 and four and a bye, I would have taken it in an instant. Um, so I think there's this the regular season in some way feels almost like a letdown compared to last year, even though the outcome is almost the exact same. The only thing we're lacking is the offensive um, potency, and I would have, I would have taken that um, to get a defense last year in a snap. So I think you know perspective does a lot, and I think that um, the Super Bowl is much more attainable this year, like you said, than last year. Um, and, and hopefully the defense you know continues on the uptrend and it doesn't dip back down uh, next year because you know now we're going to be used to this defense um, where we have two of the. Two of the best lockdown corners in the league, allowing, you know, the lowest completion percentage, number one and two being Rashad Breland and uh Charverius Ward. And like you got like we've been praising, uh, Juan Thornhill and Tyron Matthew. I think our defense is really set up for success as long as they continue to put in the work and hopefully no more injuries uh, you know, strike in this offseason or in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and speaking on the injuries, I mean it was it was Ogba and then we had Okafer go down and then he got he came back and then he went down again and he's out for the season. Uh, Mahomes, you know, dealing with the ankle injury and then dislocating his kneecap. You know, he really wasn't right until about week twelve. Um we didn't see, you know, Mahomes or whenever the Titans game was. I don't remember what week that was. Uh he bounced back and even that game he didn't really look right. Um and you know, finally he really he does. He looks like himself. And, um, you know, I, d- I just, you know, I the way that they've been playing, I think Andy Reid is really, you know, keeping some things in his back pocket because the offense is just, you know, kind of coasting through the, the end of the season there. Um, and then, obviously, Tyreek Hill uh, misses four games, Eric Fisher, uh, the Juan Thornhill, and then Sh- Martinez Rankin. I mean, there's so many starters in that group. Um, several guys that, you know, went down for the year. Uh, And there's not a lot of teams in the NFL that can really recover from that, especially whenever you lose multiple starters, you know, at edge rusher, for example, uh, and you're down to Frank Clark and basically just Damone Harris. Like there's not a lot of teams that can get past that and actually make a guy like Damone Harris, who was an undrafted free agent and who he claimed off the practice, the Ravens practice squad, you know, make him look like a starting defensive end. Um, Not a lot of teams can do that. So it's a testament to the coaching staff, it's a testament to the players, and I think they handled this season uh, ex- extremely well, um, even though our offense basically looked like a shell of itself, uh, a shell of its 2019 or 2018 self. Um, but, you know, I, I believe that the offense is going to get back to its normal ways, you know, here in the future. Um, I think if you're looking at the spectrum of, you know, 2019 Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense um, and the 2018 Chiefs offense and Patrick Mahomes, you know, I think what we're going to see in the future is more towards 2018 Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, you know, I'm praying that, you know, we don't have to deal with the Patrick Mahomes injuries, you know, his entire career. That was just that would just be something that's totally heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a guy that we went around for you know 20 years, hopefully. So that would be uh,
2: perfectly fitting for all of Chiefs Kingdom just to put us uh, back to our woes
0: it would man it would i mean seriously that just that would be something the football gods
1: would just you know punish us with so um and Mahomes, after all are suffering for this long that's just not uh, if, they, if that happens then i'm gonna believe we're cursed i'm gonna start believing we're cursed honestly oh, 100% well, cursed.
0: it's it's fair i mean we're cursed this year because patrick mahomes is on the madden cover so you know usually yeah. usually these guys recover from the madden curse so We'll be all right. I mean, we're gonna get this dub in the playoffs. We're gonna go to the divisional round. We're gonna we're gonna spank the Ravens in Baltimore, uh, yeah. and then we're gonna go to the Super Bowl, and we are going to have a Super Bowl one rematch against the uh, the Packers, and we're gonna kick the shit out of the Packers as well. So I mean, yeah. it's fine. I mean, we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Uh, we're gonna be S- Super Bowl champions in our in our 60th our 60th season. Uh, and in the 100th season of the NFL. So, I mean, it's perfectly fitting. It's destined to happen. Uh so it's going to happen. I'm I'm telling you guys.
2: Zero chance we
1: put the Packers in the in the Super Bowl. I'm telling I,
0: you. I'm I telling think
1: you. we see the Saints. I think we see the Saints in the Super Bowl. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. It's the 49ers.
0: Nah, Packers. Packers man. We'll get we'll get the we'll get the rest of the guys' uh, opinions and whoever whoever wins is will We'll get something. I don't know. We'll do something for him. But uh, and then also, you know, speaking, moving away from the injuries, but in the same breath, talking about the injuries, I, the Matt Moore experience. Uh, I can't. I cannot praise Matt Moore enough. I mean, he came in, dang near beat beat the Packers. Um, you know, he handled the Broncos absolutely amazing, um, and then you know came in. And gave the Packers, gave the Packers trouble and then beat the Vikings. I mean, if, if I would have told you that Matt Moore was going to play three games this season and that he was going to win one and a half of those games, you would have called me an idiot. So, um, more than that. I mean, I am an idiot a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the Matt Moore experience was a good one this year. Uh, I can't sit here and say that I would want to see any more of Matt Moore, Um, no pun, no pun intended, but we're going to see him
2: in the, we're going to see him in the fourth quarter of the Patriots divisional game.
0: We might see him in the third quarter, to be honest.
2: That's fair. That's fair.
0: We're going to be up 40 to zero.
2: Yeah. No chance. No chance that they score.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I just, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what they do with the backup quarterback position, um, in, in 2020 um you know that's something that we're going to be looking at in free agency and then actually possibly the draft i could definitely see a scenario where the chiefs draft a quarterback in the fourth or fifth round or pick up an extra sixth round pick and draft a quarterback in the sixth round to you know develop him and send him behind uh patrick mahomes and then trade him for a second round pick like the patriots always do with their backup so um it'd be nice to get that get that trend going pick up some extra draft picks every couple years because you have a good backup quarterback but um, and speak, speaking of, uh, drafting, um, let's talk a little bit about the rookie class from 2019. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't have been more impressed with the rookie class. I mean, McCole Hardman, fantastic. Juan Thornhill, fantastic. Uh, was really hoping to see him in the playoffs, but we're not going to, obviously Colin Saunders started pretty slow. I was a little bit weary about him, uh, in the preseason. He struggled quite a bit in the preseason. We went to the game, uh, and you know, he was didn't look very good, you know. He was getting pushed around, but then he really stepped it up. Whenever this defense got rolling, uh, he looked dominant. He was moving guys off the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, making tackles in the backfield and whatnot uh, there on the inside with Derek Naughty and Chris Jones. Um, and then we have who else Fenton. do we have? We have Fenton. yeah. Oh yeah. Fenton. Well, I was trying to go in order, but was Fenton oh. the next
1: one? I think
0: Fenton oh. was the next one actually. Yeah, yeah. he was. And then he, we had or it was either Darwin Fenton
1: or I it was, uh, if I can, if I remember right.
0: Yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. And then Fenton, uh, that was another guy that, you know, nobody really expected him to do anything this year. I don't think a lot of people really expected him to make the playoffs. Um, but I was, I was kind of advocating for, for Fenton, uh, there in the middle of the season when, uh, so, you know, some guys went down with injuries and yeah, you know, you know what happened with that one kid. So, um, that went. He went ballistic on us because I wanted Rashad Fenton to get some snaps, and it turned out all right. So, yeah, uh, that worked out. Um, Darwin Thompson, he was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, I expected a lot more from him this year, uh, but you know that's classic Andy Reid. You know he's gonna keep keep his rookies in the back pocket, especially whenever he's got you know really good veterans ahead of him. Uh, he's gonna keep his rookies back there, let them learn and develop, and uh, you know he showed flashes at times. And then, obviously, Nick Allegretti, the offensive guard. Uh, we didn't see anything from him this year. He played a few snaps at the end of games, uh, but really not much.
2: I uh, I just can't wait for Miko to be uh, receiver two next year. Because once, once we have him and Tyreek just taking every snap together, it's going to be – so impossible for defenses let alone once uh Mahomes starts targeting him consist- consistently i mean how many games has michael even had 5 targets in this year i want to i i, I got like i want to
0: say there's like two games that he got 5 plus targets right.
1: i think it's got to be for him is i think it's got to be his route running i i don't know if they're not they're saying something that they don't like i could because it's obviously not big playability it's not about his speed or, you know, ability—it's there has to be something that they're not seeing, that they're putting, you know, I don't think Reed would just be like, well, Robinson's been here longer where he's getting more. I mean, obviously there's some degree of that. He trusts Robinson, but uh, it, it's a little weird, the the, the lack of uh, touches that the Hardman gets.
2: I mean, Meeple is a gold mine. Every time he touches the ball, it's just like Tyreek, when we used to have him, you know, on punt returns. It's like that, but on the offensive side where – it's like last year, every time Tyreek touched the ball, we were like, oh, shit, he's taking him to the house. Every time. And it's, yeah. like, it's like that for, for me, Cole.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: McCole's pretty much a walking tutty. So, um, I mean, that dude just seems like, you know, as soon as you see him come off the line of scrimmage, you usually see him have a dude beat, and you're like, uh-oh, here he goes. And then Mahomes will launch it down to him. And one thing that I was kind of concerned with McCole Hardman early in the year uh, was his ability to hang on to the football. Yeah, uh, he would double catch it a lot, and it seems like he's really, you know, honed on and on his um, his hands and yeah. you know you know fix those quite a bit. Because as the season progressed, I didn't really see him double catching the ball uh, the way that he was earlier in the season and then and, and preseason and training camp as well. Um, so it's really good to see some progress from him. And you know, I don't think it. I don't really think there's any rhyme or reason to the way Andy Reid was using McCole Hardman this year. Um, I think it was just, you know, whenever, you know, they had an opportunity, it was match at base and whatnot. But I mean, even in Tyree Kill's rookie season, um, I know they moved Tyree Kill around quite a bit. They put him at running back, put him at wide receiver. He was our kick both our kick returner and our punt returner. But, yeah. you know, Tyree Kill was burning dudes like regularly um, at wide receiver um, in his rookie season. And then, you know, but he only ended up with like 500 something yards. So, Um, You know, Andy Reed just really likes to, instead of throwing these guys into the fire, Andy Reed likes to sit back, let these guys develop, um, you know, perfect their craft. Um, And it worked out with Tyreek Hill. So I think it's going to work out with McCole Hardman as well. And uh, I honestly, I believe, I personally believe at this stage in his career, I think McCole Hardman is well ahead of where Tyreek Hill was at this stage in his career. I agree. Um, And people are going to be like, well, McCole Hardman played wide receiver in college and Tyreek Hill played running back. Well, that's not exactly accurate. McCole Hardman played wide receiver for a year and a half and he barely played at Georgia. So, um, it's not like, it's not like he was out there at Georgia, you know, had 1200 yards and 10 touchdowns, you know, in his, his final season there. Um, he had like 500 yards and seven TDs. So it's not even like he was like a killer out there at Georgia. So, um, it's definitely nice to see McCole Hardman uh, develop as the season progressed. I'm
2: I'm very excited. You know, the Chiefs have been doing this speed thing for so long with Dexter McCluster, with D'Anthony Thomas, Tyreek, and obviously not McCole. But I feel like McCole probably has the highest potential other than Tyreek. You know, like you would watch Dexter McCluster and you would watch D'Anthony Thomas, and you knew that they were pretty much just used, like, uh, you know, Dexter was pretty much just used in the slot and D'Anthony was pretty much just used on punt returns and kick returns. But with Meikle, I feel like, you know, he has a chance to become a number one receiver. Um, and we're just lucky to have a, basically a clone of him, but excelled version with Tyreek because he's, you know, later in his career. So once, you know, once Meikle starts getting consistent snaps and consistent targets, um, the offense is going to be even more dangerous than it is now. And then you know maybe maybe Darwin Thompson starts getting snaps too, and he's a speed guy, um, and you know he he's he can fight he fights for yards, and I'm excited for them to start using him too once our uh, running back position isn't so deep. Um, but what do you guys think about what about Darwin?
1: I don't know. I think that Darwin uh, I, I, he's I was really excited about him coming going into the beginning of the year. I thought we all kind of said they need more touches. Um, he can, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, this is why I was excited about him. But then there's also those times where he just gets seems to always get blown up in the backfield, uh, which is obviously not all, all his fault. But um, sometimes he just doesn't get doesn't get too far with his runs, especially when you're trying to run up the middle. He kind of just gets pushed right back to where he was at and uh, tends to lose yards. Um, but at, at the same time, he's still got potential. He's a little undersized, but um, – yeah, I think we'll figure out ways to get him more involved. Yeah, I, I agree.
0: I think I mean I I still like Darwin Thompson. I, I like what he showed this year. Um, you know, there was a couple scenarios where, you know, he decided to hit the wrong hole or or yeah. you know, bounce it outside when you know he probably shouldn't have. Um, but you know, those are things that he'll learn um with an with another offseason here in Kansas City. He is explosive. Um, and when we saw that at times he has ability to break tackles, he's got ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, uh, and so I think he's a really nice fit for this offense. Um, and I think he showed a, he flashed enough um, that he could be a significant contributor um, for this offense in 2020. Um, moving on to the playoff outlook, I told you guys that we we're kind of gonna, you know, jump into potential matchups more. Uh, we got really in-depth on New England um, on, the quest- on the question from Blaker2020, um, but let's talk a little bit more about Houston and Buffalo, uh, the potential matchups um, that we could possibly have. Obviously, Tennessee is not a potential matchup um, because they're the sixth seed, and so even if they beat New England, uh, they're automatically going to face Baltimore because Baltimore gets the lowest seed, and obviously, you know, there's only six teams in the AFC playoffs, so... Uh, Tennessee will automatically go to Baltimore. Um, So let's talk a little bit more about Houston and Buffalo. Uh, Austin, which of those teams would you prefer to face?
2: I would rather face uh, Houston just based on the fact that we kind of own them. Um, We've played them in playoffs, you know, a couple times this past few years. We have, you know, not had any trouble um, taking them down. And I feel like uh we we know how they play we know their style we haven't played buffalo this year they might be a slightly weaker team but i would take um i would rather play a team that we know than a team that is unknown that's slightly weaker or why why you uh why you disagree with me <laughs>
1: um yeah i would definitely rather take buffalo i think that uh, i i don't know i just don't think the buffalo is going to be able to keep up i don't think the uh, i think our defense would uh, you know, pretty well shut him down. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not 100% believer in Josh Allen. Um, I don't think that. I just don't see him leading it being able to beat Mahomes. Like, and if it comes to a shootout, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. I think that Watson. We've already lo- lost to Houston once this year. Um, I think that they're capable. So we know that they're capable of doing it. Yes, our team is better now, but I just think that what, while um, Buffalo has been decent this year, I think that. Uh, they've, they've had, they've shown their weaknesses at times. Uh, and I think that I would rather just, I think we would destroy Buffalo, honestly.
2: If we're going to be honest, neither of these teams are going to give us trouble. Neither of them are going to give us trouble.
1: I'm not scared of either team, but if, if I had to pick one to play, I, I, I'd take Buffalo.
0: Yeah. To be honest, um, I think I'm going to have to agree with Austin here. I'm sorry, Ori. Um, but you're,
1: that
0: was, that was a bad take. And here's why. Um, (laughs) I will not – I will put – any team that the Chiefs lost to this year, um, I would not expect any of those teams to beat us two times in a row. Oh, yeah. Uh, we lost to the Texans, and, you know, the offense was not playing at its full potential. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes was still, you know, dealing with the ankle. And, uh, you know, I think if he if he went – if the Texans came into Kansas City, um, you know, Deshaun Watson is mistake-prone. Um, you know the Texans haven't shown a ton of success in the playoffs uh, I think I think the Texans could come to Kansas City and we could beat the hell out of them um, the thing with that concerns me about Buffalo and, and I'm not scared of Buffalo I w- I'll i take Buffalo if we go against Buffalo um, you know I'm still I'm still going to be picking the Chiefs I'm, I'm really not worried about that um, but you know they do have a very elite defense um, and defense travels and you know if if we expect one of those two teams to come into Kansas city and stop this offense, it's going to be Buffalo. Um, and you know, I, I know that, uh, I mean, Josh Allen, he's not great. Um, but they do have a decent core there, um, in Buffalo on offense. They're not going to put up a ton of points on you, but really, um, as the season's gone, they really only need to put up like 21 or 24 points on you, uh, to win. And, you know, I, I would expect the chiefs to put up more than that against the Buffalo defense. Um, but like I said, the Texans don't, uh, travel very, very well, well. And, and, uh, they struggle in the playoffs as well. So, um, hopefully, you know, hopefully we get new England. That's, that's the team that I want. Um, so let's, uh, do you guys have anything else to say about potential playoff matchups?
2: Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we have a second, a second game at home. I would really? not be surprised. Honestly. So you-
0: You think that the – I don't know. Man, if the Titans beat the Patriots and then they go into Baltimore and they beat the Ravens, I'm going to be worried. (laughs) Seriously.
2: I think that that's the most likely – the only – I feel like the only team that we play at home is the Titans. I I don't think anyone else is going to beat the Ravens. But I think if the Titans get that momentum for beating the Patriots, then there's a chance. Um, But I – I don't know. I – I think we can beat the Titans at home. I think that our defense
0: Oh yeah. I don't I'm not I'm not concerned. I, I mean we I think we'll beat the Titans at home. And I think if we get the Titans at home, I mean honestly if I think I think that if the Bills or the Texans go to Baltimore and win, um you know, I I'll take those teams at home as well. I don't it doesn't really bother me. Um I'm not I'm not worried about about that. I think we're the best team in the AFC and I'm not even being a homer. Um, I think that, you know, Lamar Jackson and that offense, they have, I don't know how to put this really, um, but the way that they play can be easily exposed in the playoffs. And I think that the Chiefs have a really, really smart coaching staff, probably the second smartest coaching staff outside of the Patriots. Um, And I think that, you know, we shut the Ravens down once. um, I think we can shut them down again uh, if that's the team that we face. And honestly, for us to get a second playoff game in Arrowhead, uh, which would mean a team goes into Baltimore and wins in the divisional round, I really think that the only team that can do that is Buffalo.
2: You think that you don't think that Tennessee would be able to go
1: in there and win? Bills cannot beat the Ravens. I do not believe that for a second.
0: I don't know, man. I honestly think that the Bills have the best defense in the league. Um, I
2: don't know, uh, about no. the league. They have a great okay. defense, but no. best. Um, yeah.
1: I would take the I would take the Ravens defense over the Bills.
0: I I don't know. I mean, the Bills have a really freaking good defense. The fact that they went ten and six with with uh, Josh Allen under center is is pretty crazy because you know he didn't put up points. Um, so it would be interesting to see if the Bills can you know come into the playoffs and get their offense rolling because the Bills can get their offense moving like even at fifty percent of what the Chiefs are or fifty percent of what the Ravens are uh they're they're gonna be a
1: problem the thing is though is that the ravens are gonna score points i do i do not think that the bills will be able to shut down the ravens enough that like you just said that josh allen does not score doesn't score that well i don't think that the i don't think that the i don't think they'd be able to outscore the ravens i, I just don't i don't see it happening anything can happen in the playoffs but i don't know i i just I'm just not worried about the Bills. I, I, I'm I, honestly would be more worried about playing the Titans than the Bills. Uh, I mean, I'm
0: not saying that I think that's what's going to happen. I'm just saying if there's a team that does it, I think it will be the Bills. And, I mean, if we go back um, in week 14, the the Ravens played the Bills uh, in Buffalo, obviously, um, but they only won 24-17. to 17. Uh, So it's not like they went out there and, and killed them. They won by a touchdown, um, and, you know, the, the Bills held them to under – Held them to twenty four points.
2: Okay. Well, let me ask. So, if we if we go up against the uh, the Bills or the Texans, what game is more important for us to get a run game going?
0: Um, the Bills. The Bills or the Texans to get a run game going? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I think probably the Bill. I'll I'll go with the Bills. Like already said, um, and the reason for that is I think that we can attack the texans through the air easier um they don't have a great defensive backfield um and i mean the bills defense is all around really good so it'd be important to go in or to have buffalo come to kansas city um and and establish that run game um but you know i'll i will put the chiefs up against buffalo who's a really inexperienced team they don't go to the playoffs often so um they don't have that type of experience and you know I I think Josh Allen we could bring Josh Allen into Kansas City, you know, and and fluster him a little bit.
2: Yeah. Well what do you think the running back snap distribution is gonna look like in the playoffs?
0: Um I think Damian Williams is gonna be the lead back. Um I don't really know how I don't know how they are gonna use LaShawn McCoy. it'll be interesting to see what Andy Reid's if Andy Reid is true to his word and that LaShawn McCoy was getting rest, you know, so that they could have him down the playoffs or have him in the playoffs, you know, healthy and whatnot. Um, I don't I don't think Darwin Thompson is going to get a ton of touches. I could maybe see him, you know, getting a few out, catches out of the backfield, uh, maybe coming in and, and spelling, uh, you know, Damian Williams here and there as a runner. Um, it'll it'll just be it'll it's definitely going to depend and um, I, I just I really want to see if Andy Reid trusts LaShawn McCoy in the playoffs.
1: I think it, our I don't know our run our running uh, our running backs are are kind of weird. Um, it, it seems like you know after Dam- Damian Williams like he couldn't do anything at the beginning of the year. Now he's going off, it, it, and I, I think that Reid just kind of goes with whoever the hot hand is, um, you know. And I think that I think in my opinion, what will happen is that he'll try to use Williams. And, um, and McCoy both whichever one of those you know sticks a little better and takes off, um, is who he'll use more. Um, I think also you have to take into account that um, he's gonna he's gonna use whatever back he thinks is gonna be better against the team that we're facing. So if you know if he thinks that McCoy is better that you know would be better against one team for you know with the way their defense is set up, then then he'll do that.
2: Yeah, I mean, Damien was definitely the catalyst last week with that huge run he ripped off. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting to see just how Reed plays it if because it, you know if Damien comes out and he has a couple good runs and Lashawn hasn't gotten a snap yet, is you know is Big Red going to go to Lashawn anyways just because he said he would or is he going to go with Damien because you know he started out hot? Um, so it it'll be uh, I don't think. I don't think we're put in a worse position if he plays Lashawn more than he plays Damien, or if he plays Damien more than he plays Lashawn, um, unless you know Lashawn starts fumbling a lot. But I I doubt that would happen. Um, so who do you think is going to be the biggest catalyst offensively uh, for the Chiefs? You know, coming up in this divisional round,
1: Tyreek Hill. I think that you know towards the end of this, uh, Mahomes is Mahomes and Tyreek have been able to get their Start to get their connection back. I think that that's going to be the guy he's going to go to. Um, I'd like to say T- Travis Kelsey. You know, and he's had a great year. He always has a great year. Um, but I think that you know Mahomes, uh, other than Kelsey, he, you know, he obviously just looks at, Ty- at Tyreek Hill first in the play. He that's who he wants to go to. Is the biggest plays. Um, and I and I really just think that if we can get those two on the same page and clicking like they were in 2018, that I, I don't see anybody being able to stop us. I I actually
2: think it is going to be Travis Kelsey, at least in the divisional round. Um, He kind of struggled in the game against the Chargers. He had a couple of drops. He had a couple of uh, routes where him and Mahomes just weren't thinking the same. And I don't think that happens twice in a row. Um, Kelsey, like you said, was real solid all season. I think he's going to have, you know, a 150-yard game in the divisional round. I think he's solid Um, if we run him up the middle. Uh, it, it's always an open, an open target for Mahomes, and if the conditions aren't great or whatever, um, you know that's a steady option for Mahomes to uh, pick up easy yardage. And Travis Kelsey's great at ripping off runs, uh, you know, yards after the catch. So I think, uh, I think that's going to be our key player for the divisional rounds. What about you, Grant?
0: Yeah, honestly, I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. Um, I know what? that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, what?
2: Okay. <laughs> Okay.
0: Look, listen. Like I said, we've we've kind of talked about this. I honestly I was bouncing between our running backs and Sammy Watkins, and here's why: Um, Tyree Hill and Travis Kelsey are going to get the attention in the playoffs. Um, Those are going to be the guys that are are double covered the entire time, and um, you know if if the Patriots or whoever it is doesn't double team Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill, they're going to have problems, and they nobody wants those problems. And so I think Sammy Watkins, who has kind of been sitting in the back all year long, he's healthy, um, which is really good. You know, coming off a bye week here, um, I think that Sammy Watkins is going to go off in the divisional round. You know, I'm honestly I'm going to predict. I don't know about the entire playoffs, um, but I'll call Sammy Watkins the catalyst for the divisional round on the offensive side of the football. Um, I think he's going to go off. I think he's going to have over 100 yards, five plus catches, over 100 yards, and a touchdown.
1: You he's gonna? So you think he's gonna have one of those games that, one of those Mahomes Wilson games that he had at the very beginning of his career when Alex Smith got injured? Yeah, yeah. Albert Wilson, uh, week seventeen of twenty seventeen. Yeah, where he, where he made Albert Wilson look like a number one receiver, and then got him a deal with the with the Dolphins. Yeah, got
0: him a twenty four million dollar deal.
1: Great. Uh, Sammy
2: Watkins has not had even five receptions since November tenth. And even then, you want to go back, he had seven in Minnesota, not Mahomes. He hasn't had, he hasn't done anything since the Jaguars game. So I I just don't really, I struggle with you saying that he's going to be the catalyst. I understand your point of view when you're saying that he's going to be slightly forgotten, but it's less about him being forgotten and more about Mahomes using him and sammy watkins um being in the right headspace since he hasn't even done anything since week one
0: look here's the deal last year same situation with sammy watkins he was actually probably more underwhelming last year than he was this year um you know sammy watkins he got a couple catches a game this year ended up with like almost you know 650 yards or something like that um and three touchdowns he hasn't had a touchdown since week one where he had 190 something yards and three touchdowns but here's the deal Last year, Sammy Watkins, same situation. Went into the playoffs, had 176 yards in two games. 10 receptions, 176 yards. He didn't have a touchdown, um, but he had 10 catches. He had 16 targets over two games, uh, 10 receptions, and 176 yards. So Sammy Watkins is one of those guys um, that's going to get overlooked. And I think if a team makes that mistake and they overlook Sammy Watkins, uh, I think it's going to be a big problem
2: i i hope you're right I, come on
0: austin I come on austin give me some credit
2: but i mean no i i agree that the that train of thought is a good train of thought but it's will you know will he actually begin what does that even
1: mean austin you you agree that that train of thought is a good train of thought but you, you said, don't agree. No,
2: i think that's a good way of looking at it but i just don't <laughs> think that that's gonna happen
1: <laughs> i mean it's, i agree a good we'll thought see.
0: We'll see. I I'm I'm the smartest guy in the room, so
2: Well, you're the only one in that room. I'm in my own and I'm the smartest in here too.
1: Oh, okay. You're I guess you're right.
0: Yep, I know. What about defense? <laughs>
1: well you going to say, Grant, when you go for when he when Sammy Watkins has one catch for twelve yards okay. again the division range.
0: alright Ori. we're we'll we'll bet on that. Hey, if Sammy Watkins if Sammy Watkins has a significant game, what what do you want to consider a significant game? Five catches uh-huh. Five catches five plus catches, a hundred plus yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, he goes, you, yeah. you've, got to, you've got to buy me a ticket to the AFC championship game. Oh, shit. You're gonna make if, a $350 bet? If we, we may have to go to Baltimore, buddy.
1: If you're saying okay, so if for for that to be Sammy Watkins has to have for me to buy that ticket when I know I don't have the money for that, it's gonna have, <laughs> It's gonna have to be here. I'll spot you the money for the
0: ticket, and then you have to pay me back.
1: Uh, two. It's gonna have to be two touchdowns and over 100 yards, and I'll do it. Two oh.
0: touchdowns. That's not. That's not. No. What? Not, okay.
1: to. Uh, you said he's gonna have an Albert Wilson. Game. I said he
0: was the catalyst. I said he's gonna be the catalyst.
1: You I didn't say. Have- I didn't say he
0: was gonna go nuclear. All right. Oh. All right. Chill out. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but... Defense. Defensive catalyst. Who's the guy?
1: Sorry, Matthew. Have to be. Matthew
0: Austin. That,
2: okay, that's so cheating. I, I'm going to go uh, Frank Clark. You
0: guys wanna go? I'm, I'm going to go with Armani Watts. Okay. Uh, I think that if Armani. We, I think, guys, you guys are talking about players that we know are going well. to play well. It's yeah, a catalyst. It's this is like a catalyst. Who's the player that can put us over the top? We know guys are going to be good, Uh, are going to perform catalyst. well. Oh. We need we need our, a guy like Armani Watts, who's probably going to be starting. If Armani Watts is starting, he's going to have to be the catalyst. That's going to be the guy that is going to have to stop Julian Edelman in the open field. He's our last line of defense. And if he plays well, he's going to be the catalyst.
1: No. These
0: are hot takes. That. These are hot takes, guys.
1: They are very hot, and they will be cold pretty soon. Yeah. But I don't think that – I mean – I hope you know. I hope Armani watch comes in. I, I have trust in him, but I also don't think that he's going to be the one that's going to ignite our defense and get them go. I think that's going to be what Tyre Matthew's going to do. I think that he's going to come in. We he's going to he's a veteran presence. He's been uh, gaining confidence all year. He is you know he's the landlord as he loves to say on Twitter all the time. Uh, yeah. I think I think that uh, I think that he's going to be the guy that leads our defense and you know keeps everybody on track. I I, I know what you, I know what you're saying on about people, you know, guys that we didn't know were going to step up that do, but I don't know. I I'm think gonna, I think that Matthew's going to go off.
2: I'm going to change mine. I think it's going to be Charvarius Ward.
1: I um, was just about to say that.
2: Yeah, I think I think Charverius Ward. You know, these whichever quarterback. If if we play Josh Allen. Charverius Ward might have two, three interceptions, honestly, because Josh out. Al- well, same thing with Deshaun Watson. They're both very problematic. They're not solid quarterbacks. It, they okay. Hastings, Deshaun 40. Watson
0: is a solid quarterback. Neither of
2: the not in the playoffs. Neither. No, that's Hastings, true. Not in the playoffs. And it, those they're bigger lights. They are very. They are very much so bigger lights. So if I don't really, what does that
0: even mean? Very much so bigger lights. Uh, <laughs>
2: What? We're playing on a bigger stage in the playoffs. Yeah, there you go.
0: This is a this is a much bigger stage. I think that's what you were going for.
2: I was going for that. Appreciate it. But I think Travarius Ward has played great all season. He doesn't have a ton of interceptions though, so maybe this is maybe this is the game where he rips off one or two and um you know, then then the national media starts talking about him instead of just pro football focused, tweeting about him being the second best quarterback in the in the league.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um and Something that I would love to see happen. This would be a an absolute dream scenario. One, because it would make me buying these tickets to the divisional game much more worth it, um, and it'll be an unforgettable experience. If the Chiefs go down to the wire with the Patriots and Travarius Ward intercepts the ball at the end of the game yep. to seal it, and yep. Frank Clark is onside, and it ends the game.
2: Holy shit. Yeah. It's a I will
0: I will lose it. I will lose it. You guys have no idea. I'm pretty sure that, that
1: say. Twitter and Twitter would explode. Like they they would be shut down like if that happens.
2: The national mean, media would shut down. It, it would be, be over. It
1: would be absolutely ridiculous that it, Brady has to retire. Like there's no there, there's he would have thrown the game losing interception twice, but this time he didn't get away with it. Uh Wow. Yeah. I, I, I haven't thought about that, but, uh, but I'm, but I'm going to be thinking about it now that you brought it
0: up. Yeah. And, and one last thing here on the playoff outlook, um, do you guys think Wisniewski is going to be the starter at left guard, uh, in the divisional round?
1: Yeah.
2: I, I don't know. I mean, it, it wouldn't surprise me too much, but, um, you know, Andy Reid, Andy Reid does what he wants. So, what do, you, what do you think? Um,
0: um, I don't know. I'd like to think that he sticks at the, at sticks as the starter. Um, the thing is, is our run game improved with Wisniewski in, and I don't think the pass game dropped off at all. Yeah. I think his protection was just fine. Andrew Wiley at times this year has been a liability. Um, so it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, if Wisniewski sticks there at left guard. Um, you know, he's a veteran. He's played in playoff games before. Um, and so I, he's won Super Bowls before. Um, and so I think the lights um, for a guy like Wisniewski, uh, I think he'd be a much better option uh, on the offensive line than Andrew Wiley.
1: Yeah, I think you just stick with the solid guy. He's if he's doing good, keep him in. If he's not, take him out, switch him.
0: That's the
2: thing. You can always take Wisniewski out, um, you know. But if you if you bent if you don't start him, then you kind of you know pick at his confidence a little bit, at least in my mind. So if you if you go with him that shows confidence in him, and then say he doesn't do good, then you throw Wiley in. But um, I, I, I agree. I don't think that the passing game dropped at all. So hopefully hopefully Reed, uh, you know, keeps him in there. But like I said earlier, hey, Reed will do what he wants. So,
0: so I want to talk about the postseason a little bit. Um, we kind of hinted at it whenever we talked about uh, some of the questions in the mailbag. Um, Free agency strategy and potential trade targets. Let's just kick it off with that. Um, What do you guys – we kind of discussed the free agent strategy. Uh, I know you guys don't think – well, Ori doesn't think that we're going to make a big splash move. Austin, you think that we will make a big splash move um, in free agency. I think personally – here's the deal. I think that we are going to extend Sammy Watkins. Why? Oh, Here's why, okay? We can cut Sammy Watkins and we can save $13.375 million. And we incur $7 million in dead dead money. I think Sammy Watkins is a pretty good wide receiver, too. Um, You have Sammy Watkins and Tyree Kill on the outside next year with McCole Hardman in the slot. Um, You guys, those will be our three starting wide receivers. Here's what you do with Sammy Watkins. You take his base salary of $13.75 million uh, next year. Uh, You... Turn that into a signing bonus on a two year extension so that would keep him in Kansas City through 2022. Um, so you get seven million dollars on each of the next two years or two years after 2020. Um, and then you could bump him up to probably 10 or 11 million um, over those two years. So then you have Sammy Watkins for seven million and then 11 million over the next two years. Um, and you kind of just like save yourself that dead money because I think. I think that Sammy Watkins is probably worth um, in 2020 to this team, um, given the fact that if we moved on from Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, who's an unrestricted free agent, um, we will have McCole Hardman, Tyree Hill, and Byron Pringle. Uh, that kind of puts you in a predicament. Um, if you extend Sammy Watkins, you pay him $7 million in 2020. Um, it gives you some flexibility in the draft. Uh, you don't. Co- it doesn't cost you any money in 2020, um, and so I think that that's probably the best option uh, moving forward.
1: Mm. I, I, I think that if you keep when you keep Sammy Watkins around, if you're going to keep him as the number two, I mean, I feel like it puts a little some limitations on McColl. Uh, I really want to see what he can develop into be. I don't think that I, I don't honestly I don't think that having Pringle and Hardman. Uh, I don't, I do say I like Pringle. I like what Pringle's able to do. I don't know if he's going to be a starter going forward, but I don't think that scares me as much as, Yeah, I don't think it scares me that much. I, I think that um, letting the, some of the, the other guys develop over, I, I don't know if I want Watkins in two years. I, I don't want to extend him for more than a year. Um, if we're extending him, I, I don't hate Sammy Watkins at all. Like I think he's a solid player, but oftentimes it doesn't, look like he cares. I, I don't know. Just watching him out there, it looks like he's kind of just fucking around. So excuse my language. But he, I, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I would rather uh, look look towards the future with, with Hardman than give him two more years.
2: Why don't we just try and trade him for a pick and then we draft a receiver? Because then... I
0: mean, I mean we could trade him. Um, but, I mean, you have to find a team to, one, take on... I mean, I th- I personally believe that he's going to be worth seven million dollars to some team. I think that, or thirteen point three five million dollars to some team. Uh, rather, um, I just don't know. I mean, I don't I don't really see the incentive to that. What are we going to get a, a fifth round pick, a sixth round pick for Sammy Watkins? Um, to me, he's worth seven million dollars in a sixth round pick.
2: I mean, we we draft a receiver that is going to be healthy, that cares, That's you know, has a chip on his shoulder because he needs to make his way into the league. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Sammy, I agree with Ori. I don't – it doesn't seem like he cares on every single play that he that he's in on. Um, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ori's wrong. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like he runs every route the same. Um, and I'd rather uh, – a slightly less talented receiver that's going to be healthy all the time and that cares 100% of the time and, and and that's going to be way cheaper
0: look i i i personally don't mind either way um if we keep him or if we let him go uh the only thing is, is if we let him go demarcus robinson's probably gone as well I, I don't see us bringing demarcus robinson back he's going to get probably an albert wilson type deal um elsewhere and i don't i just don't think that at Given the situation, I don't think it's worth paying him that type of money. Um, But then we're going to have to go, and I believe that we're going to have to go and draft a free agent relatively high, probably in the first three rounds. And I think... Draft a receiver, you
2: mean?
0: Yeah, draft a receiver in the first three rounds. Um, And, you know, I I think that the wide receiver group in this draft is very, very deep. Um, But I think that we're in a position in the draft... Um, where we can get one of the best receivers in the draft, a guy like Henry Ruggs or Jalen Rieger, um, you know, at the end of the first round. And I, if we let go of Sammy Watkins, I feel like that's what's going to happen, um, honestly. Um, it's just a matter, like, fans are going to lose their minds if we draft a wide receiver in the first round.
2: Yeah. But at the same time, guess what? They're all still buying tickets to the season opener. And guess oh, what? Of course. In a year, they're buying that kid's jersey. So uh, they're going to be upset if we do draft a receiver first round. But I think that keeping Sammy for another two years might not benefit us the most. Um, but I, I think there's other needs. Um, so I, I could also see us keeping him just so that we can address other needs in the draft, like you said.
0: Uh, I mean, the thing is, is you can keep him. Like I said, you can keep him. Keep Sammy Watkins. Um, the... The thing is, is you have to keep him for two more years, um, but you can still save that fourteen million dollars. So you can keep Sammy Watkins and save fourteen million dollars. Um, I, I personally don't see why we wouldn't do that. Um, I think you know, unless the Chiefs are you know just completely fed up, or if Sammy Watkins isn't willing to take a deal like that. Uh, so we'll just have to see. Um, is there any trade targets that you guys would like to go after? Any trade targets that you expect? Um, mm-hmm. Run them off.
2: I don't expect any big name trades or free agents. Um, I think, you know, Brett Veach might pull out uh, you know, a trade for a nobody and he turns into a Charvarius Ward, but I don't see anybody uh, any big names coming into KC this offseason.
1: Hmm. I don't know. I, I think that it I think that the cornerback's position is still a bit of an issue it's i'm way more confident with him than i was last year uh with ward playing well honestly i like the way finn's playing so but i could see them uh you know getting you know trading they could trade for a cornerback i don't know if it'll be anybody super big name um they could all i could also see them maybe trading for a linebacker uh just to kind of sure up that position um but i don't think really necessarily they need to i would like to see um, like we talked about the linebackers, I would like to see Dorian O'Daniel um, stepping up and things like that. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think that I think the way that our team is playing right now is really good, and I don't think we need to, you know, break up any, you know, any chemistry that we've already got going. And if we win the Super Bowl this year, I don't think that we need to make a whole lot of changes, honestly. As as what we did thought last year, um, you know, knowing that we needed defensive changes. If they win the Super Bowl, I really don't care what they do, to be yeah. honest.
0: Um, but to be honest, uh, there is one guy. I don't, I don't want to trade for him, um, but the Chiefs have constantly been involved in rumors on this player. Uh, they were involved in rumors when he was a free agent, and Austin's over here shaking his head. And they 100%. were involved in rumors uh, whenever it was being talked about that he was going to be traded this year. Um that's Le'Veon Bell. And like I said, I don't I don't want to trade for Le'Veon Bell. Um, but I do see a scenario where we trade for him. Um, you know, he expressed like literal interest on social media about joining the Chiefs in the offseason. It didn't happen. There was alleged that the Chiefs met with Le'Veon Bell or, you know, expressed interest in Le'Veon Bell and talked a contract. They were just never really close on numbers. Um there's never a realistic possibility of it happening. Um but the thing is is the Chiefs were involved in two different situations over the past, you know, 8 months uh in connection to Le'Veon Bell. Um the and here's the one scenario that I could see it actually happening. If the Jets restructure Le'Veon Bell's contract um and eat some of his signing bonus, um they'll have to take on more dead money. The Chiefs might have to give up a little bit higher pick. Um, but they could bring in Le'Veon Bell at a discounted price um, and have the Jets eat quite a bit of of money. I I don't want to do that. I don't think it's something we need to do. Um, But like I said, where there's smoke, there's fire. And so don't be surprised in March or whenever um, that we hear that the Chiefs are interested in trading for Le'Veon Bell.
2: Someone clipped that, and then in March and April, whenever Le'Veon gets traded somewhere else, tag at GrantMorse7. Is that? True? I didn't
0: say that they were going to trade for him. I said that they would show interest in trading for okay. him. Um, Hi. Okay,
2: I'm actually going to agree with you. If the Jets will eat some of his contract, it might not be the worst thing if the Chiefs trade for him. but there's oh, also- so you're saying you want him? No, I'm saying there's also this kid. His name is Cream Hunt. And uh, he has proven here in Kansas City, and we know him, and we all love him, Um, you know, even if some people don't want to admit it. Uh, But Le'Veon Bell in this offense would absolutely thrive. Um, It would probably be the greatest of talent on an NFL offense, um, probably by a mile, with him and Tyreek and Miko and Travis and Mahomes. Uh, I don't know how – how likely it is?
0: Let's like- let Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson go. We can cut Damian Williams, and we can trade for Le'Veon Bell and sign Antonio Brown. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not honestly, not- you know what? Yeah. Tyree kill Antonio Brown, McCole Hardman, Just- Travis Kelsey at tight end.
1: Disgusting.
0: Le'Veon Bell at running back. Um, I I don't know who's who's gonna compete with us.
1: Honestly, I Antonio anywhere near my team.
0: Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell would be the the fourth player in NFL history with a 1,000 yard rushing and receiving seat, receiving yards in one season. I'm telling you. And uh,
2: Mahomes would be the first quarterback to ever. Well, yeah, Mahomes would be the first quarterback to ever throw to five different 1,000 yard receivers because it would be players. Le'Veon. Yeah, players. Players is what you're Travis, looking for. Travis, Miko, Tyreek, Antonio Brown.
1: Yep, it's I, happening. I don't, Thank- I, no, I, I really don't think I think we need to look for a right back in the draft because there's 14,000 of them that are going to be in the draft. Um, so kind of looking forward to going off of that, um, you know, draft strategy, prospects be like, I wh- where do we think that? Dobbins or, he's,
0: is- or he's hungry. He's trying to move through this this podcast.
1: He, honestly, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly starving. But where do you guys think that Dobbins is going to it's going to wind up in the draft? And um, if we, should I we think
0: take? I think Dobbins will be in early or a late round one, early round two. I think he's a top fifty guy, um probably a top forty guy. uh it, It'll really just depend on the combine numbers. I think he's listed at five ten. I don't think he's five ten. Um, we'll have to see if he comes out and he runs, you know, a four five or a four four five or something like that, and he comes in at you know five nine two hundred and 20 pounds he's probably going to be a first round pick um but it'll be surprising it'll be interesting to see because a guy like deandre swift is a potential first round pick uh, a guy like Najee harris who um you know he's flashed at times as a runner um but he really flashed this year as a receiving back uh he could be a potential first round pick jonathan taylor jk dobbins travis etienne there's so many guys
1: what I, I so you guys I think said a little bit we take him i think if jk come, goes to the second round we take him
2: are you guys set on a running back first round
1: no that's not,
0: never a running back in the first round okay. i'm not
1: i just said if he falls to the second round i think we take him okay he just asked
0: be- where he asked where jk dobbins was going to be drafted yeah, yeah. And I, said, I think he's a top 40 player but i said there's so many players that i think that jk dobbins or any of the other five guys that i just mentioned could fall um Outside of the top fifty or top sixty.
2: So what do you want for our first round pick?
0: Um man position uh wide receiver. God
1: damn it. Stop give, it.
0: Give me Henry Ruggs. No, no. Tyree Kill, Henry Ruggs, McCole Hardman, Anthony a, Brown, want Bell.
2: You want what? Or I want a linebacker. Okay. I agree. I want a linebacker. Or a quarterback.
0: Look, linebacker, I would love a linebacker. I think we need a dominant linebacker. But the thing is, linebacker is not a premier position. Um, you know, those are guys that we can go get elsewhere. Um, there's a ton of linebackers in this draft, too. Um, and I think we can find a starter in rounds two or three.
2: So you want to draft a receiver in the first round?
0: If we let go of Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson, yes. I, I, don't, I, think, I think that's where the best value is going to be. As um, that wide receiver at the end of the first round. I know people are going to call me crazy, um, but here in a couple years, uh, McCole Hardman is probably going to get extended as well. Um, and it'll be really nice to have... Or, and Tyree Hill is probably going to be going on to his third contract. Uh, it'll be nice to have a wide receiver in there uh, that's super cheap and can give us some insurance in case we have to let one of those two guys go.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, okay, let's, let's talk about extensions there. So we got... Mahomes, Jones, maybe Travaris Ward. What? What? Who? Obviously, Mahomes is number one, and Jones is probably number one B. But what? Do, what do you think those deals are going to look like? When are they going to come out? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, so I think I think Mahomes' extension is going to happen fairly quickly. Um, the Chiefs are going to want to reset the market um, with the Mahomes deal, um, get ahead of everybody else, especially a guy like I think Dak Prescott. He could he's kind of in flux right now uh the pay or the cowboys are going through a coaching change potentially uh, who the hell knows um but i think the chiefs would like to get ahead of the market there get mahomes deal done and then let everybody else follow suit um so i hope that happens you know after we win the super bowl um and i think he's going to come in at you know 38 to 40 million dollars a year um i think it'll be a shorter term deal um probably four four years i don't i don't really think they're going to go above four years we'll just have to see um chris jones i think he's really worked his way up um honestly he might have priced himself out of kansas city this year um i think that we're going to extend him i would love to extend him but i would not be surprised that they sign and trade him if they sign and trade him or tag and trade him rather um it's not going to be like the d ford situation was last year you know d ford uh he was older um they just wanted to go in in a different direction get away from a guy who was injury prone and instead went for frank clark uh chris jones i think he's going to get you know a five-year deal at about 19 million a year um you know something similar to what frank clark got maybe a little bit less um chavarius ward obviously he's only been in the league for two years but he was an undrafted free agent and um I believe, from what I understand, undrafted free agents only need two years, uh, two um, vested seasons um, in order to seek an extension uh, because they're actually on a three-year contract, not a four-year contract. Um, And so I think Travarius Ward can get an extension. Obviously, there's going to be some surprises. Last year, they signed Harrison Butker to a five-year extension. Um, they extended Mitchell Schwartz. There's definitely going to be some surprises, uh, but I think those are the three main guys that we see uh, get significant extensions in 2020. So
2: what do you think about the chiefs? I know this is a little bit different, um, but what do you think about the chiefs moving on from Colquitt in the offseason? Do you, do you think that's going to happen? I mean, he's looked good at times this year At other times, you know, he's struggled to, to get the ball down the field. So if, if, if we move on from him, I mean, we obviously don't draft, um, but what what do you think happens with Colquitt this, this offseason?
0: Um, I definitely think there's a possibility that they move on from Colquitt. It's really just going to be a matter of if they can find his replacement. Um, special teams is a huge thing in Kansas City. Dave Tobe um, has done great things. I don't care what anybody says. Dave Tobe is the best special teams coordinator in the NFL. I know some people earlier in the season hated him because we couldn't you know, get – the ball down the field on kick and punt returns. Um, there was a a lot of penalties and whatnot, but you know, Dave Tobe cleaned it up and, uh, actually had a huge impact down the stretch of the season. Um, I think Colquitt could move on. It really just depends on if the chiefs can find a replacement for him. Uh, I don't think they're going to go into the situation blind, um, and, you know, move on from Colquitt and then, you know, uh, just leave themselves without a punter. They kind of did it last year. They brought in Jack Fox, um, had him punt. If Jack Fox went into training camp and outperformed Dustin Colquitt, I fully believe that Colquitt would have been released. Yeah, but I think we could see a similar situation
1: in twenty
2: twenty. Or what do you think about Chris Jones? Um, you know about what Grant said about Jones
1: about him possibly leaving? Yeah, uh, it's definitely possible. I know that Chris Jones is one of the is one of the Fan favorites around uh, the kingdom, but once those, sometimes you got to make those tough decisions, and uh, he's gonna he's gonna be getting a lot of money. It's gonna have to depend on how the deals we can get done with Mahomes, the deals we can get done with uh, the, you know the other pieces, because he's gonna get pretty expensive pretty quick. And while he's a stud, um, you know you you just never know in this business, so I, it could happen. Uh, I would suck to see him go because uh, he definitely is one of the cornerstones of our defense, but it's it's possible.
2: And we definitely could assign him this this off season. Or at any point during, you know, the beginning of the season. But we chose not to. Yeah. And now now Yeah,
0: and I mean that could have had a little bit to do with um, Chris Jones isn't really the prototypical type of player that Steve Spagnolo likes on the interior. Steve Spagnolo likes huge dudes. I mean, um, you know, three hundred and fifty pound guys. Um, in there to, to stop the run and and plug up defenses. He doesn't rush a ton. He uses stunts and whatnot to rush from the interior. Um, he doesn't use his defensive tackles to rush the passer a lot. Um, he did do it with Chris Jones this year and I think it worked great. Um, and so I think that, you know, they've kind of proven themselves. I think it was a mutual thing. Hey, Chris Jones, um, we need to figure out what your position really is. And Chris Jones said, you know, I want to figure out what my position really is so that I can price myself, um, correctly. Um, for you guys, I don't want to get underpaid, and the Chiefs were like, "Well, we don't want to overpay you." So I think it was a give and take type of thing, and ultimately, I think Chris Jones gets extended. Um, and then, really quick, I wanted to—I missed, forgot to mention this. Um, I think Javarius Ward, if he gets extended, I think he's going to get a deal around ten million dollars a year. Um, I'll say like something like four years, uh, forty-two million dollars could be something that we see Javarius Ward get, and I think that will look like a huge steal. Um, at the end of that contract
2: uh, i completely agree completely agree hopefully he doesn't fully know his worth yet which is kind of terrible to say but it, we, you know we're going to need a steal with having to pay my home so much uh coming up here in the future
0: well the thing is the thing is with Travarius ward if he doesn't take that deal now um then he's going to ha- probably have to wait two to three more years before he can sign a second contract the reason be- for that is is he is under contract for 2020 already, and then he becomes a restricted free agent. And the Chiefs can tender him. Um, and then if they tender him, you know, at whatever level, um, he signs the tender, um, and then they can franchise tag him um, for a fifth year. And, you know, I don't think he wants to go down that road. If he gets offered $40 million, I think he's going to take it. Um, let's go into really quick um, before we move on to who the Chiefs are are facing in 2020. Um, if B enemy gets a head coaching gig, um, what do you guys think is going to be the impact of that? And do you guys, who do you think
1: replaces him? I think that if it's obviously going to have an impact, he's a great coach. Uh, I don't think everything changes, you know, a whole ton. Uh, I think Kafka would be the next, you know, the next uh, coach that steps up. And I, I think that's pretty much, the general thought around around the league is is that Kafka will be the uh, the one that takes his spot because uh, he's he's been you know he's been pretty doing pretty well as well obviously and um, I, I think that it, obviously you lose a good coach you you know you lose chemistry that you have with all the players but uh, I think I don't think it's right to hold him back he's obviously you know capable of being a head coach and I think that he'd do a great job. And uh, I, I think that it'll probably happen. I don't.
2: Yeah. I honestly don't know how much it affects anything.
0: I don't think it affects anything either. Yeah,
2: he doesn't. He doesn't call any plays. Um, you know, for this offense, he's he's a great guy. He comes out of the locker room, he's a great guy. Um, but I don't think it affects anything. And selfishly, I would love for Nagy to get fired and uh, Rid to have him come back um, under his wing uh, yeah, for I, another few I years. Think-
0: I think Eric Bieniemy deserves a head coaching job. Um, I think he's probably one of the most sought after um, coaching candidates simply because teams have seen, you know, people under Andy Reid's coaching tree succeed year after year. Um, and I think Eric Bieniemy's. I think this is the year that he's going to get a gig. Um, and I, like I said, I don't think there's going to be a huge impact and that's not a knock on Biennale. Uh That's just, you know, Andy Reid doesn't use his his coordinators like his offensive coordinators like a traditional head coach does um andy Reid kind of runs the show there and or kind of he he does run the show there yep. and um and as for replacements um the two guys that i can see are kafka and pat Shermer. uh kyle Shermer's on the roster now um as a um, practice squad guy and pat Shermer's son obviously so um that's definitely a guy he's he's unemployed right now and so I think they could bring a guy like him in, uh, give Mike Kafka another year to develop, and then um, you know maybe let Pat Shermer get a head coaching gig um, elsewhere in 2021, and then bring Mike Kafka. That's that's personally what I think is going to happen um, if Eric Bieniemy gets a job. Um, and then go ahead. One,
2: one quick thing. So. Um... With all the coaching changes, you know that are gonna happen or aren't gonna happen in Dallas, there is a very talented offensive coordinator in Dallas right now that, um, you know, would be, you know, a possible addition to our staff in Kellen Moore. And if he comes to our staff, I think, you know, him and Andy Reid would just thrive together, which would definitely catapult him into getting a head coaching job real soon.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't mind Kellen Moore, um, but I think Andy Reid goes with guys that he knows. Um, You know, He's not going to have Kellen Moore come in and have to teach him the whole system. Uh, Andy Reid hires internally or hires guys that he's been around before, um, a la Steve Spagnuolo or uh, the entire offensive coordinator situation over the last six years where it was um, Peterson and then Nagy and now Bienemy and then who knows who else. Um, So yeah, that's that's personally what I think is going to happen. And like you said, Austin, I wouldn't mind Kellen Moore either. Uh, I just don't expect that to happen. Um, and so moving on to the Chiefs 2020 opponents, uh, this is kind of something we've been, you know, discussing online, uh, or on Twitter, you know, over the last several weeks. And, and we were kind of the first ones to kind of bring it up, to be honest. Um, and then, but now the That the roster or the schedule, not the schedule, but our opponents are finalized for 2020. Uh, Let's just run through them really quick and then discuss um, what we think about the schedule. Uh, Home games are AFC West, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders, and then we have the AFC East, uh, Patriots, um, and Jets. And then we have the Falcons, Panthers, and Texans at home. Um, and then on the road, we have the AFC West, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. And then we have um, the Dolphins, Saints, Bills, Buccaneers, and Ravens. What are, you guys, what are your guys' takeaways um, early on from our schedule?
1: You want me to run through the wins and losses, in my opinion? Uh,
0: I mean, we can get into that later. Uh, once we see the actual schedule, it's a little bit easier to do it that way. Just, like, what's your immediate takeaway Uh, from the schedule itself our opponents um, and what do you think how do you what do you expect to happen you know with that schedule in 2020
1: I don't expect it to be too terrible I think that um, obviously they we we should be able to beat the AFC there you know the you know the the Jets we should be able to handle uh, you know those guys Uh, the Bills are obviously a little bit you know tougher than they normally are Um, I love I love that we get to play the Patriots Um, you know in Kansas City in Kansas city for once again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're going
0: to do it this year and we're going to beat them.
1: Yeah. I I, I, I love to be able to play them. Cause I just, I think we we'll be, will be beating up on them uh, for years to come. Uh, but I, I think that obviously the saints are going to be a tough one. Uh, the, the Ravens were, we're going to be playing. It's going to be a tough game, but I, I think that if I was just at a glance, it's not, the easiest schedule, but it's also not near, nowhere near the hardest.
0: Yeah, I think personally I think this schedule is much easier than it was last year. Um I mean the Dolphins, the Falcons, the Jets, uh, the Panthers, the Buccaneers, maybe the Bills, uh, depending on, you know what happens with the direction of their defense there. Um I think all those games are going to be cakewalks. Um the Saints could have a new quarterback Uh, if they move on, if Drew Brees retires, cakewalk,
2: depending on if Sean Payton goes to the Cowboys.
0: Yeah. Sean Payton leaves, um, you know, Patriots, who knows? Tom Brady could retire. Um, uh, I mean the schedule to me, the one, the two tough games, uh, are really going to be the Texans and the Ravens, but we get the Texans at home. Um, so that, that's a benefit to us. That Ravens game in Baltimore is going to be tough. Um, outside of that, and, you know, depending on what happens with some of the quarterback situations, I really like our opponents for 2020.
2: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, right when I look at it, there's about a max of three losses, and that's that's uh, giving an AFC West team, like, some sliver of hope. Because I don't see any losses coming to, you know, like you said, Jets, Falcons, Panthers, uh, Buccaneers, Dolphins even the Bills, um, I don't think the Saints, you know, are going to be as good as they are this year, next year. So I think, you know, it's a it's a definite AFC championship. It's a definite uh, one or two seed, hopefully one. Um, but I think that, you know, assuming that we don't suffer as many injuries as we did this year, I think that the schedule next year is going to be, like you said, a cakewalk.
0: Yes, and I'm looking forward to it, you know, hopefully – Nineteen and zero, perfect season, back to back Super Bowl champs. Yes, sir.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> so, just in closing, guys, really quick, um, we want to discuss our website. So, we're finally launching our website. That'll probably come out on Monday. Um, you know, so we're going to have articles. We've got about fifteen to twenty new people uh, joining the Arrowhead Live staff. Um, it really just depends on you know these these final hires here um we got we got writers we got new graphic designers we have we got all type of stuff it's going to be great guys um and our store is on there as well you guys can go check it out right now it just says coming soon um but if you click on the tab you can go to the store you can go to our podcast on anchor and everything so um everything is now in one place um and it's going to be fantastic so you guys go check that out
2: what's that where is it
0: uh arrowhead thank you
2: yeah,
0: Arrowheadlive.com. i'll say it one more time it's arrowhead live Dot com,
2: so hey, you guys yeah, go check that out. You can. Yeah, get it's code. coming,
1: coming in the future.
2: Yeah. Also, code Arrowhead Live on SeatGeek twenty dollars off, and then what's the code Arrowhead?
0: Yeah, uh, Arrowhead on Belly Up.
2: On Belly Up, you know. So if
0: you Guys, uh, we tweeted the link. Uh, go check out. They've got a few chief shirts that they're that they are uh, promoting uh, for the divisional game. So you guys go check that out as well. Uh, that's about it, guys, for episode twenty-seven. Um, I'm Grant and uh, that's
2: it. I'm awesome. That's it. Orion. <laughs> See you guys later.
0: I'm I'm Orion and I'm hungry.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Thanks for listening guys.